Hey, so this is a little short podcast just discussing what my essay was about. So, um, I really, really love political science. Um, I really love what you can do with it, if that makes sense. Like, when you think about what the human experience is, all of the, all of our history, all of our interactions, it can just, the fact that it can be summarized, the fact that it can be studied is just so interesting to me. Um, that's why I, I have my majors, that's why I have my minors in sociology and study anthropology and um, psychology and so on, because just understanding the human experience is so interesting. And with these studies, we can also work to better the human experience. So one thing that I've learned um, during my studies in political science is in comparative politics that everything's kind of janky. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a better word for that. But the fact that, again, throughout history, it's made the world so unfair for a huge portion of people. And the fact that we are blessed to live in such a developed and advanced nation due to what it may be, luck, coincidence, whatever. How can we make it that this isn't up to chance, that everybody is allowed to have this experience to not worry about tomorrow or yesterday or or uh, I'm so bad with words Um, so so that people can just live in stability Um, I took a class alongside of my capstone called um, the study of global inequality and during my research with that class, um, one thing that I've noticed and one thing that I've noticed with other comparative politics classes is that oftentimes, even though we have all of these theories, again, being a economics majors, major, I know most of the theories of development, we have all of these different um, ideas of what can foster development and what can encourage convergence. But when you look at the actual application, a lot of times these things don't work. Um, You'll see in my essay, I have all of these um, sources that are just saying, hey, why why isn't um, East Asia growing as fast as it could be? Why, why did that stagnate? Um, what What's going on with African nations and why aren't they growing as fast as pr- predicted? And I just thought to myself, what if it is the application? What if the theory just doesn't work? What if it just does not hold up? Because 
when these theories were created, they were only applied to Western developed nations. And of course, um, if you don't have to worry about your, your basic needs, your basic everyday problems, of course, things such as um, um, more money will just garner more money because you, you have the freedom to do that. You have the resources to do that. If you're worried about your basic everyday needs, if you're missing gender equality, if you have high ethnic conflict, you don't have the freedom to worry about your trade or your markets because you have so many other things preventing you from that growth. So during my essay, I want to look into these things. Um, I do wish that I had so many more variables, but I don't think that that would have been possible within a essay done in a semester. But um, but during my research, I found that there is a difference in how development works for de- developed nations and undeveloped nations. Um, during my research, one, um, the... There are only 19 developed nations, I believe, out of the 123 recognized nations, um, which is amazingly low. <laughs> that's that's troubling how low that is comparatively. And within these nations that are considered developed, the vast majority um, just colonized. They they are they were imperialistic nations. So because of this, that really gave. I'm not sure if it gave them a undue advantage, or gave everybody else an undue disadvantage, or both. Because um, the there are very few nations that were not colonized that are considered um, that are not considered developed. So again, they have that leverage of being an established country. They have that leverage of having enough power not only to provide for their country but invade other nations. And then we act surprised that other nations are not to the level of these nations. And with globalization and the expansion of technology, there really is no no excuse why there are some nations as poor as they are. But that's not on these nations. That's not due to coincidence. It's because they lack investment. It's because they lack the proper resources after their resources have been exploited for years. So during my research, what I learned is that while there are economic theories that say that capital... Um, can expand growth. 
I believe that it focuses too much on financial and technological capital and not enough on human capital. The biggest difference between developed and undeveloped nations were the education. Um, A lot of these nations do not, their average education does not go past maybe um, the, the first step of secondary education. They, they have the same amount of education as, I would say, a 12-year-old. 12, 12 and, and then they stop. They, they go into the workforce because they have to. They need that to survive. However, if we can make sure that schooling is more accessible in these nations, and also that food and what water and resources are more accessible in these nations so that children do not have to stop going to school to survive, then we will be able to see more development extremely easily. It was disheartening seeing how many nations have no um, have no access to basic sanitation, to... Um, to electricity in 2020 well technically 2015 based off my essay but still and yet we wonder why why global inequality is so far and distant when we always give aid but these aid but aid is not going to where it should aid is only going towards um, certain um, food and trade, but usually it's stuff that benefits um, the the um. I'm sorry, I can't remember the word. Ah, that's the word. the The financier? <laughs> no, that's not it. Um, but but the person um, giving aid and not the person receiving aid. And also, studies show that they don't even give aid to the right nations. They're still giving them to nations who are ripe with with corruption instead of nations that are established democracies and need resources. Um, they are giving aid to um, to, to bureaucrats um, and people who are developed instead of, again, nations that need the most help and the people who need the most help. And it's just sad and disheartening because it's it gives this aura of control that we see in the past. Um, the, um, this idea of Yes, e- um, even though you're, you're a sovereign nation, you have no idea what you're doing. Therefore, we're going to control it. And even though we're controlling it, we're only going to do it in a way that benefits us. And if we keep that mindset, then why do we expect it to foster any growth? Because if we're being honest, that's not what their goal is when when they do things like this. So, yeah. Um, This feels a little bit rambly, but it's okay, because this is a podcast. Um, Just concluding, we need to make sure that education is 
more accessible for everybody in the world. Because with a, with education, then we can foster more re- resource, researchers. Um, we can be more... Um, Hmm. Um, we, we we can have more people who engineer things and we can have more innovation because the, the reason why most of our scientists and doctors come from developed nations is because they had the opportunity to become who they are through the, through the resources that developed nations offer. So if we can offer those in more nations, we'll have more people, we'll have better expansion, we'll have better convergence. And yeah, we also need to make sure that everybody has access to basic needs because similar to um, to Maslow's Pyramid of Necessity, that's not what it's called, but... <laughs> Um, but you need access to your basic needs before you can seek growth in any other part of your person. And it's similar to that with nations. If people don't have access to to basic sewage systems, to running water, to clean water, then... How do do we expect them to have a thriving um, economy? How do we expect them to have good um, political engagement? It feels like a lot of resource, of research comes from, I don't want to say a state of hypocrisy, but it seems to miss out on the big picture. It seems to miss out on some nations have had more opportunity than others and this is why they are where they are now. So our focus should not be on the world in general, but specifically, how do we change the places that need it the most? So that's where I'm going to conclude today. Thank you. I appreciate everything. Bye.